What's going on, everybody? Smart Mark Radio Nation, RWT family, Retro Rewind fans, back for another edition of the Retro Show. Paul, what's going down? What is up, Mr. Moses Marquez? Not a whole heck of a lot. Ready to do this Retro Show. Heck of excited to do the Retro Show. But before we get into this Retro Show, I want to talk about the, uh, the Wrestler of the Week. See, we normally forget about it, forget to talk about it. And then I just add the music and people are like, what the hell? Oh, okay, that's who won. So before we do all that, before we get into the shows, do you have any uh, recommendations for Wrestler of the Week? I actually do not. And I was probably of giving it to Shawn Michaels. He did have a pretty good match. Shawn Michaels is one. Uh, I will give you guys my whole list. As you guys know, I normally give a list. And Shawn Michaels is the only one from WWF, but I had four people from WCW because, well, WCW was a excellent episode. And these four guys go as follows. The American Males, Sting, Ric Flair, and the underdog of them all, The Giant. And you're going to wonder why through the entire thing, because we start with WWF. And so let us get it rocking. Literally. As I get to the top of my notes here. Exactly. Let's get it rocking because it is rocking and rolling as there is no intro to the show. And we start off with Shawn Michaels entrance. He comes out. The crowd is going crazy for the hometown boy. He calls out his great trainer, the great Jose Lothario, as he comes to the ring and is hanging out ringside by the match. All of a sudden, King says he left his lights on in his car and he doesn't want to kill his die-hard battery. So he leaves, and all of a sudden, Bret Hart comes out for gets a bird's-eye view of this match as they will as he will be taking on Sean just days away in an Iron Man match. Yeah, but you see who he's taking on, right? You see who Shawn Michaels took on. Oh yeah, Leaf Castle. Yes, the man who, who we would end up finding out later on, who would be known as Mister Al Snow. That's right, Al Snow. The man of a thousand masks or of a thousand and characters in WWE gimmicks. before he became Al Snow. What does everybody want? Dang right. What does Hit. everybody need? Hit. I love that. Ah, can't wait. Anyway. Anyway, so Shawn Michaels versus Leave Cassidy. Hot start, which is no surprise considering who these guys are. As the match is uh, going on, Brett is talking about how he has respect for Jose, but he doesn't know if that flashy style is going to work. Vince plugs the fact that this could be a storybook ending for Sean as it is his boyhood dream. Brett says he doesn't think rolling around like a ball is going to help Sean win against submissions and technical wrestling. Marty Jannetty all of a sudden comes down and gets involved by tripping Sean then throwing him in the corner by holding onto his tights. How the ref saw nothing, I have no idea. Brett is not a fan of cheating, so he co- so he gets up from the commentary position, shoves Janetti, which allows Sean to move from the incoming splash, hitting a switch chin music for the win. Right afterwards, Sean and Brett are in each other's faces. They share a few words, but Jose is able to break them up. I give the match a three. It was really enjoyable opening match. Both men worked well. Brett giving involved showed he has respect for his upcoming opponent. What do you think of the opener? I thought it was pretty good. I thought it was actually better than what I thought. The only thing that hit that really, really, I guess, irritated me. I don't want to. No, no, not so much irritated me. It actually scared the hell out of me was the freaking spot that, um, that Michaels took on the damn ropes. 
when uh, I, I believe it was a leapfrog over the ropes or um, Leaf Cassidy threw him over and he hit the ropes and he landed right on the back of his head. And I was just like, ow, ow. Yeah, I don't know what the hell he was trying to do there. And it just looked bad. Looked very, very yeah, it bad. It looked like he was trying to just like hold, like push him over the rope, but he completely missed that spot and it was horrible. And I, I don't know if he was on concussion protocol or I don't think there was a concussion protocol, but damn, that shit hurt me. Probably not 96. Well, after, after all the stuff he's been through, maybe there is one now. But anyway, what did you get rate this I match? actually rated it a three. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I three. really, really did. I, like I said, an enjoyable opener for sure. Brett and Vince have a quick little interaction. He says he was just trying to help. He considers Sean a friend, not an enemy. And he's not an enemy. Uh, he respects him, but at WrestleMania, he has he doesn't have a choice, but he's going to punish him so bad, he's going to show him why he's the best there is, best there was, best there ever will be. So much for the heel per- person that they were trying to put out there? Yeah, I mean, it's you. I kind of figured this was going to happen. They're trying to maintain Brett's you know, babyface persona for as long as they can. I'm sure it's going to change, but that's just, you know, how it is at the moment. Yeah, right now we'll see it. We'll see a change after WrestleMania. Big time, I'm sure. There's a lot coming after WrestleMania. Oh yeah. By the way, but but for right now, let's keep with this one on Alto Montoya taking on Hunter Hearst Helmsley. Uh, Montoya helps Hunter's lovely escort out of the ring, and you can tell Hunter is not a fan of this, of his charm and his manners as he starts kicking his ass right out of the gate. Finally, Montoya makes a comeback, hits a crossbody press with a tilt roll head scissors, but Hunter shuts it down with a pedigree legit halting the match out of nowhere, and that is it. I give it a two. I said it was fine. Montoya can work. Hunter needs a win heading into Mania. Extended squash match, in my opinion. Yeah, hey. it was. It was. I I believe this was the girl that brought him out the day that they were live, which was two weeks ago. Um, Michelle Snickler. I don't know who the hell she was, and I tried googling her and I tried looking her up, and nothing actually came up. The first girl, remember, I said she was a penthouse pet. So, um, there you, go. you see, we. But this one, I, I don't know who the hell she is, but apparently Aldo Montoya actually took a liking to her and actually helped her out of the ring. I don't know too much about this match. I just, I, well, I didn't say it. Not too. I don't know too much about this match, but I just don't think it was entertaining enough but yeah i believe like you said we got the promo for um the ultimate warrior you know he's gonna be facing uh hunter Hearst helmsley at wrestlemania but this match was like yeah it was okay yeah i'll, I'll go with you and give it a two right on so then we get a lovely gold dust segment he's in the back lot talking talking to a mannequin <laughs> who's dressed as roddy piper oh my god he's trying to get it hard sorry my bad Go ahead, continue. No, you're all good. He claims there have been others in that lot, but Goldust brings out the naughty nightmares in him. And then I legitimately could not understand the last part. He then gets mad, throws the mannequin against the wall, leaving it in pieces. So yeah, apparently their backs, uh, their their that back lot street fight they're gonna have is going to be in said same back lot. I wonder if the mannequin is gonna be used as a weapon. Yeah, um, if you don't know that it was actually recorded. It wasn't actually live. So this was I the same much. area where he's at is where they filmed it at. 
lovely. So, um, apparently, custom jackets is a huge thing in the 90s as WWE shop is always showing them off. And uh, then we get a Mankind promo asking if we're ready because his debut is next week. Like I said, a lot of stuff coming after Mania. The Undertaker and Paul Bear come out for an interview with Vince McMahon. Paul Bear says that uh, Undertaker was robbed from winning the world title thanks to Diesel, but Taker returned the favor at In Your House, which led to the beating of Paul Bear and the destruction of Taker's casket. Taker asks the creatures of the night if they're ready for the feast, and he says that uh, he used to be content with the idea of beating Diesel, but now after you attack Paul Bear, uh, your soul lies in his hands and you will rest in peace. What do you think of this Undertaker promo? It is vintage Undertaker. You know oh, yeah, what I'm you sure. know what I'm gonna say. This is my guy. This is who I am. I love it. I love it how he's just. I'm gonna be to the point. I'm gonna tell you as it is, and then I'm gonna go. Away. I love it. Then that's what I do. I get straight to the point, and I go away. I will be love back. it. Anyway. Michael P.S. Hayes is performing his old theme from WCW. I don't know why they allowed that, but hey, who gives a shit? He's out there jamming. Uh, training videos from Sean. He is talking to Jose. He's taking Jose with him to Anaheim, and he says he wouldn't do so if he did not think he could be the world champion. Then we then get the video build up between both men, the Bret Hart of Le- I'm sorry, the legacy of Bret the Hitman Hart versus the boyhood dream of Sean Michaels. Brett says Sean overthinks uh, overthinks too much, and that's going to make him vulnerable to mistakes, and he plans to take advantage of said mistakes. I, th- I thought this was an excellent video package building to their main event at WrestleMania, which is probably the only important match besides the Ultimate Warrior. You know what? This is by far one of the better promos for both of them. Of the promos that we've had up to date, these two are by far the better of them. Look, I... I get it. You're not trying to build a heel versus he- uh, a face versus heel match. You're trying to build up a match between two individuals who are both faces to the people that follow them, who are the, the people that like them. And you're trying to generate where um, you're just trying to generate a really, really good match. And that's what they did. They generated a really, really good match for these people, for these two. And, if you watch the one-hour match and you actually sat through the one-hour match, you will enjoy it. I did. I thoroughly Agreed. It. it was awesome, awesome stuff. What was not awesome stuff is this next match. Ahmed Johnson taking on Owen Hart. Um, I wrote a lot for this, and I don't know why. So I'm going to very shortly summarize it. Ahmed Johnson is too strong for Owen. Bret Hart's, I'm sorry, Bulldog's wife is ringside. Uh, there was a bear hug. Oh, no, sorry. I have to talk about this. Oddman Johnson, like, catches Owen, and he's supposed to catch him and then turn it into, like, a power slam. He catches him and then just falls, and it looks like the worst spine buster you've ever seen in your life. It's like you try to catch your wife. She's falling off a chair, and then you just so happen to fall in between her legs. The one thing about Oddman Johnson, as we've already, you know, named him Oddman Johnson, he just doesn't seem like, even though he is this powerful guy, he doesn't have that strength. Like, it's like he catches guys, and it's like, it's so odd-mannered, pun Mm -hmm. intended. It's so odd, it's, it's like he doesn't 
know how to grab anybody, hold them, use like stabilize himself, and then do a move. He is just so messy in the ring. It's like and reckless, very, very reckless is what I'm trying to get at. He is reckless in that ring. And it's like, I'm surprised there haven't been more guys who've had more injuries when working with him. Oops, no, sorry. you're all good. Uh, and I completely agree with you. The only one thing he did well was one big spine buster. But as he's going for the uh, the the plunge, the, the, the sit-out power bomb, Bulldog gets involved and causes the DQ. Vader then hits the ring, lays out... Um, uh, lays out odd men, uh, and then it becomes three on one. Finally, Yoko Zuna and Jake the Snake Robert hit the ring. Jake is legitimately walking as slow as possible to said ring, but they still clear house and save their buddy, odd men. I give it a one and a half. Odd men is trying so damn hard to be good, but it's just not working. And Owen, you tried so hard to get something out of this man. So I applaud you for that. Again, one and a half. What about yourself? The only thing is, the one thing that gets me is like, why does Jake always have to run to the ring with his snake? He, what do you mean run? He fucking took his uh, sweet ass time. Why, okay, 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 okay. Let me rephrase that. Why does he have to walk riskly to the ring with the snake? Riskly my ass. If he does, didn't bring out said snake until after everybody was already outside of the ring, like as if that was going to intimidate everybody to kind of keep him out. Snake That's Robert my Joe. thing. You don't need the damn snake. Yeah. If you th- if it's a three on three, you don't need the snake. If it's your entrance, fine. Bring out the snake. Leave it in the back. That's my gripe. Continue, Mister Moses Marcus. No, and, and I full blown agree with you. Uh, it you know what I mean. This is like the whole thing. Like you got to stick the gimmick every time you're on screen. That's going to go away soon. Thank God for that. But the show does end with a Bret Hart music video that I did not pay attention to because. Uh, well, I I found something to skip, so I skipped it. Uh, I still give this. Whole- yeah, the music the music, the music sucked, sucked. so down. it wasn't very entertaining. It was probably one of those Jim Johnson. Hey, look, it was inside the um, it was inside of this. Did you like it? Nah. Anyway, so uh, I still give the show a two thumbs up. It was a great show building towards WrestleMania. Uh, the main event of the show wasn't exactly the good, the best thing ever, but a very good uh. Take her promo. So, again, two thumbs up. That's probably a little generous. Yeah, I thought it was entertaining. I really did like it. Aside from the couple of things that we didn't like, I would still get a, I would still give it two thumbs up and watch it again. Anyway, by the way, if I did not give the date and all that stuff on, on this show, let me quickly. You don't have to worry about it. Oh, yeah. March 25th, <laughs> 1996, episode 152 from San Antonio, Texas. So, anyway, that's that. And let us get on to the next one. And the next one is WCW. So WCW, also March 25th, 1996, episode 29 from Huntsville, Alabama. A quick recap of last night's uh, pay-per-view, It Sucked Ass. That is all. Legit, the best thing on that show was the opener, which featured Eddie Guerrero and Conan. Shocker. Oh, don't get me started with that So, one. Don't even get me started as, with that one. I... Here, I'll put it to you like this. I pick and chose which which matches I would watch on that show hmm. simply because it needed to happen. And that last match, the main event. Oh, my God. Uh, no, let's not. I, 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 anyway, this show's good, Oof. so let's not talk about that bad show. 
Um, but what I will say is I don't want to watch that show again. Hi, handsome. Yeah, I don't ever want to watch it again. I'll watch the opener, but I was kind of pissed off at how it ended. But that's probably the only thing I'll watch on that on that WCW Uncensored. I dig it. So the show starts off with Bischoff telling us that every title minus the television title is on the line. Flair will take on the Giant. Uh, Heenan then makes a comment saying that Flair isn't 100% after last night, so he's in big trouble. Sting and Luger will take on the American Males, and Conan will go one-on-one against Mr. JL for the U.S. title. Then the first match we get is the Belfast Bruiser, also known as Fit Finley, taking on the Macho Man Randy Savage. Speaking of the Belfast Bruiser, him versus Steven Regal was probably the only other good match on last night's show. So... Was it Steven? Oh, yeah, it was Steven Regal because he hit him with that freaking oh, that uppercut and just busted his, knocked him the hell busted out. his stuff open, as they say. Which, um, yeah, speaking of busted their stuff open, did you by chance catch pictures of uh, Alistair Overeem's fucking lip? Ooh. Alistair Overeem, UFC fighter? No, no, I said, ooh, oh. that hurt. It, oh, my God. His lip is just like split and like, 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 it like ripped like paper. It's just gross. Oh, my God. Anyway. So, to get into this match, Bruiser is fresh off of his great match from uh, from against Steven Regal last night at Uncensored. Bischoff says that the, the C in WCW stands for commitment. And I stopped, and I was like, no, fucker, it stands for championship. But what the fuck do I know? Yeah, but what the hell do we know? Fuck anyway, you. so after a European uppercut by the Bruiser, uh, Macho wakes up and unleashes... It's it's rather short lived. The the match continues going on where they fight outside for a bit, getting thrown over the guardrail. The ref does nothing. He's just out there helping. He's not counting. I don't know what the fuck he's doing. He then I love the part where fucking so uh I'm just gonna call him Fit Finley. I'm not I don't wanna call him Belfast Bruiser all the fucking time. So Fit Finley throws Macho Man like over the guardrail and into the crowd. This fucking referee jumps over said guardrail, helps Savage over the guardrail, and drags him in the ring. What in the actual fuck are you doing? Oh, dude, I wanted to, I was yelling at the damn freaking TV. I'm like, who the hell does this? Who, how many referees do you know today, still today, go over, do go up and be above and beyond what they're supposed to? To help these guys back into the ring. Like as if it's his job to get this guy back into the ring. It's like, you need to finish this match. You need to get in that ring. Hurry up. Yeah, like what the shit, dude? So, like, whatever. Um, So, it looks like it looks like fucking Fit Finley could actually win this. And then all of a sudden, he slams his own head into the ring post. So, Savage takes advantage, hits the elbow drop for the win. I give it a two because the action was pretty good. I enjoyed it till the fucking ref started doing what he does best, which is piss me off. Well, yeah, he pissed off both of us, so you aren't the only one. So, the Mean Gene hotline commercial airs. I, I, I love seeing this because I'm like, this, it, it's the same thing over and over again. But I'm just thinking, I'm like, would he really be snooping like that? Probably. Knowing him, he'd probably be getting everybody drunk and then randomly have a recorder in his pocket or something. <laughs> but then we get an interview with said Mean Gene as he interviews Ric Flair, who comes out with Woman and Elizabeth. Uh, Gene brings up the title match for later tonight and demands that Woman unhands him. 
Flair says that he's going to slay the living, walking, fire-breathing giant. When the fuck did they start breathing fire? I don't even know when the hell he started breathing fire. I didn't know said giant can breathe Those are fire. dragons, you jack fuck. Let me hold on. Let me ask Paul White. Let me get on Twitter and let me ask Paul White if he if he knew how to breathe fire. Maybe maybe he had some bad breath. He, he breathed fire that uh that episode of Raw like fifteen years later when he ate Eddie Guerrero's spicy food. Oh yeah. Well, no, that came out of his ass. Oh yeah, too. he's like yeah, he breathing fire out of his ass. Anyway. Yeah, there you go. So um, he brags about holding the gold plus having woman in Elizabeth. He says that uh, he that he knows Luger wants him and that he can jump in line with everybody else. He then the women say that he has a better body and he's more of a man than Lex Luger. And he's uh, he's telling the giant to get ready. So we get the WCW War United States Championship match. Mr. JL taking on the champion Conan. Uh, very lucha. In this match, they're showing off their athleticism. We all of a sudden start hearing the announcers talking about Savage throwing a fit in the back, and they're trying to get a camera back there, and I'm like, if you fucking do that, I will turn this off right now. And lucky for me, they actually stuck with the match. Big uh, corkscrew uppercut from JL, a lot of reversals and near falls, DDT from the top rope, which looked ridiculously awesome, and then a gnarly Alabama slam into a bridge for a win. I give it a three. Solid cruiserweight match. I kind of expected a bit more, but I'm not going to complain. Thank you for not cutting to the back. Um, okay. I'm going to rant a bit. By all means. I have to say this was not what you think it is to me and... I have to say that this match was pretty horrible. It was, it didn't, I want to say that it was, it was hard to watch for a few times because it seemed like Conan wanted to do one thing. Jerry Lynn, Jerry, Jerry Lynn wanted to do another. Sorry. If you don't know who Mr. JL is, yes, it is Jerry Lynn. ECW Jerry Lynn, the legend, the man, the myth, the legend, but this was just, it was hard. It was hard for me to watch. It was, I don't know if it's like I wanted to do more. I don't know if it was something else, but dude, it was, it was very hard to watch. I mean, I'll put it to you like that. Well, I mean, like I said, I guess we, you and I have a little bit of different. I mean, in, in retrospect, now that I think about it, the match was a bit on the slow side, but as I said, I don't, I understand where your comfort is. So. It was spot. It was spotty to me. It would just seem like, like there was something to it, but it was like there was nothing to it. If that makes sense, it was trying. It seemed like it was trying to work too hard for, for it. It was like they were trying to work. They were trying to do so much with this match, but it's like they they couldn't. I guess I can get your your your. I can understand that. I can feel like they worked a little. I'm gonna hard. give you. I'm gonna give you a one rating because I like both guys. I do. I really really like both guys, and I know eventually at some point they're gonna get a little uh, a lot better in that ring. It's like they were trying to do too much at one time. If that's that's the better way to say, it. they were trying to do too much at one time. I dig that man. I dig it. So we'll get on to the next one, and I don't know why. Uh, Disco Inferno versus the Booty Man. 
It's a match between the Dancing Idiots. The Booty Babe apparently is the thing. She's a cheerleader for the Booty Man who then slaps his ass for motivation. He rubs his own ass and then lands a punch and a knee lift. I give it a negative one. Fuck you. What the fuck did I just watch? At least it's more watchable than this gold stuff. Gold does shit. The last match was more entertaining, even though it was fucked up. This match sucked. Royally sucked. I gave it negative numbers. Like I said, that's how I think much this is probably sucked. one of my first negatives. Like I said, I gave it a negative one. I gave it a negative five. Oy. And that's bad. Oy vey. Anyway, fuck something bad. Let's get into something awesome. WCW World Tag Team title match. The American Males taking on Sting and Lex Luger, the champions. There is zero bl- signs of blonde hair in Sting's hair, and uh, which means Sting sur- Surfer Sting is no more, and that brings a tear to my eye. Luger might be the most verbal wrestler I've ever seen in my entire fucking life. Every time I hear him, he's screaming and yelling and yelling and screaming, whether he's bouncing off the ropes or taking a splash. He's just beyond loud it's pretty evenly matched start out Riggs and Luger go back and forth Bagwell gets a hot tag and Luger backs into the corner and Sting tags in and the place goes fucking bananas like absolutely crazy we we are obviously in Sting country Sting and Bagwell the teacher student dynamic they are going 100 miles an hour they love the back and forth so much that they respectfully that Bagwell respectfully tags out. Can I just fucking say that their little exchange was so awesome? Yeah, because you have to remember Bagwell or um, Sting was the one that taught Bagwell. Oh, and he's the one that brought him to WC to WCW. I fucking love this. Okay, like I loved this. Luger wakes up and takes it to Bagwell. Sting isn't the biggest fan of it. Sting and Riggs go back and forth, uh, coming off of hot tags, but Sting is just a bitter, little bit more of a hot tag as he hits a crossbody. Sting gets in the ring. Bagwell could have broken it up, but he didn't, and that's the win. Uh, Sting picks it up. I'm a little disappointed that Bagwell's legit right there. He's reaching in like, you could just tag me. No, bro, you kind of had to break it up, but it's fine. Again, I loved it. Uh... Luger's celebrating with both belts. Sting's like, can I have one of those? I did, you know, like most of the work, bud. And then he goes up to the American males, both Scotty Riggs and Marcus Bagwell, shakes both their hands, raises them, you know, because it was an excellent effort. So excellent. I gave it a four. I fucking love this match. It was great. It was 100 miles an hour. It had drama. It had storytelling. It had great action. Match of the night. All four men are rest of the night candidates. Dude, I'm and with I lied you. About I thoroughly love this match. For some apparent reason, I see the change in Sting. It's already happening. We're already getting the beginning metamorphosis of Sting into the darker Sting. And I'm in thoroughly enjoy. By the way, did you notice that the pyro was about half that? Of what Hulk Hogan gets. Well, that's the thing that I like to bring up each and every week. It seems like the most over guy in the room gets the least pyro because he's not Hulk Hogan. For crying out loud, they end the show with, we're going to be joined by the immortal Hulk Hogan next week. Like, I don't give a shit. What about the awesomeness of Sting? What about the great cruiserweight action? Jackasses. Yeah, I know. And and by the way, they actually mentioned something about the Cruiserweight title. They were in Japan and that it would be over in 
back in, but they're going back and forth between Japan and the U.S. And I'm just like, why aren't they showing it on TV? Why yeah, is it seriously. that they're not showing it on TV where people could see it? Not smart. That's but smart. I get it. They're not smart. It is what it is. So then we get into the main event of the evening. Deb- did I give my No, rating? I don't believe you did. I apologize. Go right on ahead. Oh, yeah. So I gave it a four with you. I'm Atta with boy. you. I thought it was – I like the action. I like the, the fact that it was so fluent and fluid with everything that they were doing. I was thoroughly enjoyed, and I enjoyed it beginning to end. So I'm going to say this as nicely as I can, and I, I guess this is an admission of guilt. Mm-hmm. Um. I wrote a whole hell of a lot about this main event because I guess I am that big of a Ric Flair geek. So I'm just just Woo. letting everybody know. Like, I legit wrote a fucking novel on just this one thing. So let us get into said main event. WCW World Heavyweight Championship match. The Giant taking on Ric Flair. Bischoff says Flair is dirt. Elizabeth is throwing money into the crowd, which is money she got from the divorce from Randy Savage. Savage actually tries to attack Flair, but a few wrestlers come out to hold him back, and I think to myself, why the fuck doesn't every company do this? Why does it always have to be some fucking geeks in suits? Why can't it be the boys in the back breaking this shit up? You know what I mean? It makes more sense. Anyway, the size advantage is an obvious disadvantage. Or sorry, the size of the giant is an obvious disadvantage for Flair. A couple of seven-foot military presses look like they hurt a whole hell of a lot. Again, the rep is... Chasing the wrestlers instead of counting them out, any and all strikes from Flair have zero effect on the Giant. The Giant climbs the top turnbuckle, which immediately scares the shit out of me. He tries to splash on Flair, but misses a huge chop that echoes throughout the building. Again, has zero effect on the Giant. The Giant then leaps over the top turnbuckle and splashes onto the floor as he misses a corner splash beyond super impressive okay you got fucking guys like cesaro and ricochet and all these little athletic dudes doing this spot we're talking a fucking legit seven footer over 300 doing that and it looked crazy good finally oh it looked it looked beyond good thank you sir you're not i mean it just it was uh i don't know whether to be scared or just to be in awe but it was great either way Finally, the dirtiest player in the game grabs a wire and he just starts choking the giant. Thumbed into the eye and some rights in the lefts, but the giant just shoves him off every single time. A giant-sized low blow by Flair and the giant is finally down. Woman gets involved by choking giant a little more. The strap uh, comes down after another military press. From the top rope and a huge choke slam as the ladies hit the ring, followed by Arn Anderson and Kevin Sullivan, which again, still no fucking DQ. There's all these goddamn people in the ring. Arn hits the giant with a chair and hands it to Sullivan. The giant sees him and kills him. Arn is legitimately laughing his ass off in the corner, bent over, holding his gut, and then realizes, oh shit, he saw me and gets a choke slam for his troubles. Finally, after all this goddamn chaos, the match is thrown out. And the giant walks away as pissed as can absolutely be. I give it a three and a half. This was crazy entertaining. It was a fucking train wreck, but I loved every second of it. You know, the funny, the interesting thing about this is that they, they say Ric Flair has, has not battled very many big men, which is kind of wrong because he's battled 
he had several battles with Va- with Vader. And you know how big Vader oh, yeah. is. Yeah, in my, granted, he's not as tall, but he is still is a, a 400-pound man. Mm-hmm. So it's not like out of the complete completely out of the realm of um of flair having matches good matches significantly good matches with big men now with that said the giant paul white the big show dude is legit crazy in that ring at this time because he isn't big he's tall but he isn't like girthy big. No, he's still relatively fresh off a of basketball, so he's still got a lot of you know defined shape. He's not just big for the sake of being big because that's what Vince wanted. Yeah, and here he is just a big dude. He's just this tall guy. He's apparently they say he's seven foot four a year, Bullshit. which he's only seven, which is he, he's really only seven mm-hmm. one. But, but I mean, still nonetheless, it was all. It was rather impressive, his you know his strength, his athleticism, and I'm happy to see all of it. We get told that Arn and uh, Kevin Sullivan will be teaming up to take on the Booty Man and Hulk Hogan. Mongo says that uh, he still doesn't know how this whole thing turned to five on one. Then Bischoff plugs the immortal Hulk Hogan for next week's show, and I'm like, fuck, oh. I am dreading the shit out oh. of that. Um, oh, yeah. I give this fucking show three thumbs up. I absolutely goddamn loved it. Fuck Disco and the Booty Man. Otherwise, it was great. It made up for a really shitty pay-per-view the night before. Both shows were great this week, but this one just was on the verge of awesome. I love my job this week. And with that being said, if I can, with your with your acknowledgement and my son yelling, look, if I could make the first ever inductee into the Smart Mark Radio Hall of Fame, I would like to induct the one, the only, the icon known as Sting. He has we have in, a unanimous. He vote has he has impressed for, for thirty episodes. It has it is time. It is time. Sting is a Hall of Famer in general, legit Hall of Famer in general. Absolutely, and, and and I could not be prouder than to make him our first inductee into our Hall of Fame. So, again, with that being said, uh, the five nominees that we have, and again, you can very easily be a part of this whole discussion if you just follow us on Facebook and on Twitter at the SMR Podnet, or I'm sorry, at SMR Podnet. Don't put the at SMR Podnet. Very simple. These are the five nominees, Shawn Michaels, The Giant, Ric Flair, The American Males, and again, the new entrance in the Smart Mark Radio Hall of Fame, Sting. All these men are up for your choice because you are what make us do this show. So, with all that being said, uh, did you give a rating on this Nitro show? I gave it two thumbs up. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Now, because it was minus Hulk Hogan. And if it didn't have that that booty man match, I would have probably would have enjoyed it a hell of a lot more. Had they thrown a cruiserweight match in there or they threw, I don't know, um, Alex Wright match. Alex Wright, Alex Wright against the Disco Inferno. I probably would have thoroughly enjoyed it a hell of a lot more. I would have recommended it watching it four or five times. But oh, yeah, most definitely. In this case, I say two thumbs up. Watch it again. Just skip that damn booty man yes, match. Yes, it, it's not that long either. It only takes about three, four minutes up of the thing. Skip right by it. Everything else was gold. Uh, 
So with all that being said, Paul, take it away with some plugs. Oh, you can find me on uh, Instagram and Twitter under the same name, RWT underscore Deadman. You find anything interesting, of course, tag me in it or send it to me in a DM. And I promise you, I promise you, I will share it on my page. Anything else, sir, Mr. Moses Marquez, I send it over to you because I am done with my plugs. Beautiful. Right on. Well, we got a whole bunch of new stuff up on the page and we hope you check it all out. Sunday, we dropped a brand new episode of the Mo and Brian show. Unfortunately, there was some microphone issues. There were some computer issues. So the quality is not as good as we normally have it. But that will not be a consistent thing. So just bear with us through that one episode. Um, so there's that one. There's the me and Brian Green talking Raw and SmackDown. You can catch the latest edition of Mo and the Dead Man as we talk AEW and NXT. That dropped yesterday. And, of course, you get this one today. So... We appreciate you guys checking us out. Again, you can check us out on Anchor FM forward slash SMR Podnet, everywhere on social media at SMR Podnet. Soon to be back on SoundCloud, but for right now, you can still get us on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, Breaker, Radio Public, and a whole heck of a lot more places. Just go to anchor.fm forward slash SMR Podnet for the easy clickability and handling all that business. I will not announce the wrestler of the week. Because we have talked about them plenty, and it's not going to be that immediate person. I, however, am going to put the votes open, and you will just have to wait till the very, very end to hear it in your ears. So with that being said, we will catch y'all around the bend. Peace out. Peace out, people.